Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. You guys doing good today? Cool. I forgot my iPad at home, and so I'm going old school today. So if the lights go out, y'all are dismissed. (laughs) Like they went out a few weeks ago. Listen, I do want to, before we start, I want to thank um, our staff last week for staying after on uh, last Sunday. We, we worked up here several hours. Doesn't it look fantastic up here, y'all? It really does. It looks, it looks fantastic. It really does. I'm so thankful for them. We all had a good time hanging out and working hard, and it was good. It really was. So, listen, um, I don't know about you guys, but I was watching a video, and I... I'm, kind of a, I'm a nerd a little bit. I'm not a big nerd. I'm a medium nerd, I guess, when it comes to movies and, and like, um, one of my favorite movies, the whole thing is Star Wars. And so I think a lot of people, can you, it may jive with me. Can you jive with me on that? Yeah. 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 How many people are Star Wars people? Yeah. How many people are Star Trek people? Whatever on the Star Trek people, okay? Star Wars. So I love Star Wars. And so I actually went back and watched a little bit of, of Star Wars, um, just the very first of episode four. And, you know, Star Wars started with episode four, five, and six, and then they went back and did one, two, and three, and they had Jar Jar Binks in that one, which kind of ruined the whole thing. And then they went on, they said, hey, we haven't screwed it up enough, let's do uh, seven, eight, and nine, right? Are you with me? Should have just left one, two, and uh, four, five, and six. But anyway, it is what it is. I'm not mad. Anyway, so, but they ended up, they ended up in episode four, uh, it was a really cool, like, like the beginning. Uh, it is something that we hadn't seen, and there there began to be a scroll that comes up and it starts telling the story. And as I'm telling the story right now, those who have seen it can, can know what, exactly what I'm talking about. Um, the, 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 the episode was called A New Hope and it was, a, it, it was almost like an a, a opening into, it's like it just, you, you started and it was watching the scroll and then it was like whoosh and you opened up into it. But before you opened up into it, there was almost like a, it was like a punch that happened, right? It was like a boom that happened. And I hope they have it queued up back there because this is what it sounded like. All right. All right, now stop it. Stop it. Now we're going to start it over again. We're going to play this a couple times. So listen, I want you to hear it. I want the music to be loud. I want it to be like I'm at the IMAX theater I bought a ticket that I couldn't afford, but I went anyway. All right? So are we ready? Let's play it. You hear that? All right. All right. Let's play it one more time. You ready? Is everybody ready? Are you ready? So you're sitting, you're sitting in the theater. It's been scrolling up. And then all of a sudden, this is what you hear. 
You hear it? All right, good. Thank you. So listen, that I know, right? I know, right? When a teenager's going, it's too loud, you know it's loud. So listen, it was so cool, and I, that's what I love the most. I love the bam. I mean, I love that. I love the entrance into it, and that's what it's meant to do. What it's meant to do, I know, I don't look, the distance between when the first three movies were made and then the other movies were made, that distance, it was a, it, it was a long time. And, and so for all of us old geezers that saw them all in the movie theater first, when you sat down for episode one and you saw that scroll, whenever you heard, bam, da, 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 you heard that, and all of a sudden... You went like, oh, yeah. Didn't you? Yes. yes, you did. You did. Why did you do that? Why did you do that? Because it was something to you. It meant, okay, we're ready. Here we go. Boom. It wouldn't be Star Wars without that. It wouldn't be Star Wars without that. And see, the Star Wars, the, the fourth movie is A New Hope. And the conductor, when he made that music... He did that on purpose because what it feels like to me is a breaking through. It was almost like whenever, whenever we used to go, and it's, this is something we, and the teams still do it, but whenever you play football and there's a song that's starting to play and the cheerleaders have lined up and there's the, there's the, the, the banner now, used to, they used to make the banner out of paper. Some teams had gotten uppity, and they had the same banner every week. And, and like we used to do, the, the, our cheerleaders used to do, like, banners out of paper. And so they would, like, mean stuff about the other team. Like, you know, your moms are ugly. or You know, they'd always write something, you know, we're going to beat you down or whatever. And then we would bust through that paper. We would bust through. So let me tell you a quick funny story. I was... Uh, I was excited about that, and it was, I think I was a freshman. I may have been in eighth grade, but I think I was a freshman. And it was the first big kind of game we had, and I was, I was not going to, I was never, look, the only time I ever saw the field was when I ran out of the thing and ran right over and over to the sidelines because I didn't play, all right? I just, I, I just ran right over to the sidelines. Uh, I had to wait to play. But we ran through, we busted through, and somehow I got confused, and I face-planted. And that was embarrassing. Because we're busting through, man. It's like, hey, we're going to whip you. Boom. There's something really cool that happens at a university, the University of Tennessee. Anyway, did you guys see that game yesterday? Anyway, so, so the, now they have lights too. So it, they're, they're, they, do, they do this march down the field where the band comes in and then the band all forms. And then now they got these cool lights and so the lights all go out. And there's just a light. It's a T. They've got the light in a T. And the band goes, and they, they open up, and the team runs out. And it's an amazing situation. And I get fired up. Because it's like you're breaking through. Star Wars was that way. And when you hear that first bam, and I don't know why, and I know, let me say this. This is not biblical, but it's kind of how my brain works. When I read the text today that we're going to read I don't know why I do this, but I kind of feel like it's Star Wars. You know what I'm saying? I kind of feel that way. All right? 
Some people aren't following me on that, but you're going to be there, okay? I promise you are. From now on, when you read in Luke chapter 1, you're going to go, dum, 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 dum. All right, let me read for you the first, Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Malachi 4, 5 through 6. Now, one of the most important things you'll always know is, is when it's the last thing said, it's very important. People's last words are important. What the Bible has to say is important. Malachi 4, 5 through 6 is one of the last things. It is the last thing that the Old Testament has to say before the New Testament begins. And so here's what it says. It says, look, I'm sending you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord arrives. His preaching will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers. Otherwise, I will come and strike a curse, a land with the curse. And so I'm sending you the prophet Elijah. And so we take that. Uh, we take Malachi 4, 5 and 6. And we look at we look at that and we turn over to Luke chapter one. So let's look at Luke chapter one. And this is the part where I, I when I, I just I hear I hear the Star Wars theme when I read it. I just love it. I really do. Luke chapter one, starting in verse 11. Luke chapter one, starting in verse 11. It says, while Zechariah was in the sanctuary. All right. So Zechariah is in the sanctuary, it says. An angel of the Lord appeared to him. Now he would go into the sanctuary and he would, he would make these, these sacrifices uh, to God for the people behind. And it was his turn to do it. And so he went into the sanctuary. And all of a sudden when he walked into the sanctuary, boom, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And right at the time where it's boom, an angel of the Lord appears. Guess what I hear? Can y'all play it? Guess what I hear? You ready? Let's do it. The angel of the Lord appears. Boom. That's what I hear. All right, quiet it. So, that's what I hear. I hear that. Why do I hear that? Well, let me tell you why I hear that. I hear that because there has been silence for 400 years. There have been no prophets for 400 years. There, have been, there has been nothing in the way of God movement for 400 years. All he said was this. He said, I will send you, I will send you the prophet Elijah. And here's what he's going to do. He's going to turn, he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers and the children toward one another. I will send you the prophet Elijah. And when Zechariah went in, he saw this. As he was standing in the sanctuary and an angel of the Lord appeared to him and it was standing at the incense altar. And then it says this, it says, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel of the Lord said this, he said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness and many people will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He must never touch wine or, or other alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Spirit even before his birth. And he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be the man, here it is. He will be a man with the Spirit and power of who? Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. And let's go back to Malachi there. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And he will cause those who are rebellious. 
who, who, who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. When you see those verses, when you see the reaction, when you see the angel there, after 400 years of darkness, after, you have to realize, you guys, they were under Roman rule. They were being suppressed. They were being pushed down. They were having to pay tax. They were having, and I could go on and on and on. It was probably the time when you thought, well, we need some kind of powerful warrior leader, some kind of general to come in and take back over our, our place. Yet that's not what happened. What happened was God went back to the Malachi final verses. And I find it so amazing that the first glimpse we see, and this is something that you need to learn too. This is free. This is not even part of the sermon. This is just a free one for you, okay? The first thing we see happens is that God starts right where he left off. So my encouragement to you would be this. It would be, if you have been going through a tough time, if you have been struggling, if you have been, if you have been battling with something, I would tell you this. God is going to start right where he left off with you. Right where you decided to do it your own way, God is going to be right there. And so when you go back to him, you're going to experience him right there where you started. He's not going to skip ahead. And he's not going to go back to the beginning. He's going to leave it. He's going to, he's going to pick up right where he left off with you. And that one's free. You can have that one, okay? It's not going to cost you anything. These people were awaiting a king. And the, the, the entrance into the temple for Zechariah and into the sanctuary, that entrance said that the wait was over. You know what it was? Not to be corny Star Wars guy, but it was a new hope. It really was. It was a new hope. Because most of the people had lost hope. Think about it. I know that we don't, we think, oh, we read in the Bible, oh, it had been 400 years, blah, 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 blah. And let me just kind of skip over that. Y'all, that's a long time. Think about it. That's a long time. That's what we were right now, all the way back to the, to the pilgrims. Are you with me? 1619? y'all history people 1626 that's how long it was and it was silence that's a long time it was a new hope it was a new hope for redemption it was a new hope and a new beginning and it was a new hope for deliverance and it all started with the angel of the lord appearing to zachariah and telling him that there would be a new hope I want to do some application. Let me tell you what Advent even is. Some people may not know this. Advent, the word Advent actually means, and we, look, we have it up here. The word Advent actually is defined. It means a coming or arrival. And the season of Advent is traditionally a time of expectation, waiting, anticipation, and longing. It's a season between now and Christmas Eve where you will come here and hear various messages on the various topics for me, I wanted to call it Rediscovering Christmas because I want you to rediscover hope. I want you to rediscover love. 
I want you to rediscover joy. I want you to rediscover peace. And then on Christmas Eve, I want you to rediscover Jesus. The Advent season is a time of anticipation. And the anticipation that we're going to feel all the way up until Christmas Eve at the arrival of the Savior. What are some applications that we can uh, glean from this, um, from this text? Well, I'm going to tell you something. There's some things about hope that I love. And the first one is this. Hope sees beyond. Hope sees beyond. And, and it's funny because this is what people most of the time do. In Luke chapter 1 verse 18, let's see what it says in Luke chapter 1 verse 18. It says, uh, you say I'm empowered. Uh, no, no, it's Luke chapter 1. Did you mess that up, Lynn? That's okay. I, I messed it up, didn't I, Lynn? Did I mess it up? Yep, I messed it up, Lynn. I'm sorry. I know. You say I'm empowered by Satan. Uh, no, it's not it at all. Here's what it says. I'll read it for you. I have my notes here, and it's in black and white paper. You guys want to know who messed it up? How many people think Lynn messed it up? Raise your hand. Thank you, Matt. Matt, you are wrong. I messed it up. I messed it up, and I hate every one of you. Anyway, so... Zechariah said to the angel, here's what he said. He said, how can I be sure this will happen? I am an old man now and my wife is also well along in her years. How do I know this is, how can this happen? What, what, what do you, I mean, question after question after question. But I want to tell you something. Hope sees Beyond. It sees beyond hurt. It sees beyond disappointments. It sees beyond pain. It sees beyond grief. It, see, it sees beyond fear. It sees beyond doubt. And here's the thing. Here's the thing that hope does for me and you. Hope is like a little voice that says this. Hope says this. It says, maybe, just maybe. It, it looks impossible, but, but just, just maybe. Just maybe. I always love that hope is the first candle that we light. Because when you take the lighter and you pop it a couple of times, it has that first flicker. And I want you to know something. That's what hope is. Hope is that first flicker that something is going to change. Hope is that first flicker that what God promised will come to pass. Hope sees beyond. It sees beyond circumstances. The Israelites at the Red Sea found hope in a desperate situation. Daniel in the lion's den found hope. Abraham on the mountain with his son Isaac found hope. David found hope as he took the slingshot and threw it toward Goliath. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Hey, I got it right. Faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. 
It gives us assurance about things that we cannot see. I want you to hear that. Do you hear Zechariah's voice when he says, how in the world, can you bring that scripture back up? How in the world can this be? How in the world, I don't understand this. And the Bible comes in and says, listen, I want you to understand. Faith, having faith is the confidence that what we what? Hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. It's so funny because I've heard, I, I watched an interview with Billy Graham and, and Larry King. And Larry King said, do you, do you really believe that when you die, you're going to go to heaven? Do you believe that's 100% true? And Billy, I love Billy Graham's, I love Billy Graham's answer. Because a lot, of, a lot of pastors would say, yes, sir, brother, I believe it's true. Billy Graham said, man, I sure hope so. I sure hope so. And he said, what do you mean by that? And he quoted this scripture and he says, my faith is the confidence that I have hope that what God says will actually happen. And it gives me an assurance for things I can't see. So, yes, I have a hope for those things. 11.1 starts a, a, a whole segment called the, the, the Hall of Faith in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And you'll see over and over it says, by faith this, by faith this, by faith this, by faith this. It goes on and on and goes through the whole scriptures all the way up. And it says, by faith this is what happened. By faith this is what happened. Those were hope of things that they could not see. But hope does other things as well. Not only does it see beyond, hope also allows people to put the past behind them. Hope allows people to put the past behind them. A lot of people get to a certain point in their life with the relationship with Christ. And there comes a time, you guys, I just want to let you guys know that there comes a time whenever you have repented, you have turned your life over to Christ, and then you begin to allow Christ to work in you. That, that's called sanctification. And there comes a time, there comes a time in, in your walk where you begin to look different than you've always looked. You begin to act different than you've always acted. And at that moment, at that very moment, you're going to be bumping up against everything you've ever known and everything you've ever done. And, and, and at that moment, at that very, very moment, that's where you can get stuck. A lot of us get stuck because we only go so far in our faith and we can't go any further. We get stuck because of things we've done. We get stuck because of how we failed. We get stuck because of mistakes that we've made. We get stuck. I want everybody to do something right now. I want you to take and check your pulse. You guys know how to do that. If you've got an Apple Watch, you can just hit it. Check your pulse. All right, everybody checking your pulse? Everybody, you got your pulse? Everybody got it? Y'all check your pulse. If you have a pulse, you have screwed something up. If you have a pulse, you've made a mistake. If you have a pulse, you've messed up somewhere. If you have a pulse, you've hurt somebody's feelings. If you have a per pulse, you've made wrong decisions. And what hope does is, is hope says, hey, listen, I know you've made those wrong decisions, but I'm here to tell you, I'm here to tell you that you don't have to carry those burdens anymore because you have a hope that the coming of Christ, the coming of Christ, you have a hope and you have a faith that God will do what he says he will do. He will forgive you of those sins. I love, there's a story that I absolutely love. 
in the Old Testament. It's one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament. It's found in 2 Kings, uh, starting in verse 6. And it's so, so amazing because the Israelites were surrounded around. All right, they were surrounded. They were in a battle. There was this battle going on. And, and this is what we don't see that I wish we saw more often, that I really do wish. I felt it before, but I've never seen it, obviously. But here's the battle. They're beginning to surround the Israelites. And the Israelites are getting fearful and they're getting upset. It says, so one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. And then it says this. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. And he says this, and you can hear him. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elijah. And then it goes on and it says this. With me? Did I mess that up too? Man, I am really over. Let me tell you what happened in the story. I know, it's so bad. I'm so sorry, Lynn. How many people think I messed? I'm just kidding. You guys all know. Matt, thank you, Matt. You're wrong again. Anyway, but listen. He comes out and he's like, sir, what are we going to do? There's, there's horses and chariots and there's things all over the place. What are we going to do? We're going to get killed. Something's going to happen. And Elijah does this. Elijah said, there's more people that are with us than you don't see. And then Elijah prayed and asked God to show the people. And I'm getting chills because it was awesome. When he showed the people all along the mountainside, all the way around, was the army of God. All the way around was the army of God. And there were things that could not be seen. And the people then realized that more was with them than was with the people outside on the chariots. And that's the same thing that we need to remember as well. You need to put that past behind you. And you need to realize that it's okay that you've made mistakes. It's okay that there have been mess ups. It's okay. It's okay. Because God is with you. And he's for you. And he wants you. He wants you to live in such a way that glorifies him and fulfills the hope and fulfills the destiny that he has for your life. Hope allows you to put the past behind. You know what else hope does? And I love this. I love, love, love this. Hope is the fuel for our faith. I want you to hear that. Hope is the fuel for our faith. Without hope, your faith is dead. When we lose the sense of hope, we lose our faith. Do you know how you regain your hope? You know how you regain your hope? You believe that what God says is true. Can I tell you a little secret? I've been disappointed plenty of times in my life. I have. I've been disappointed plenty of times by people, and I've been disappointed plenty of times by circumstances. But I'll tell you one thing, I've never been disappointed by God, ever. God has always kept his promises. He has never, ever, ever broken a promise. I've been alive 51 years, and he's never broken a promise. I've never, listen, I want you to hear this, I've never read anything in the Bible that didn't turn out to be true. I haven't. 
From the way it tells me to treat people, to the way I spend my money, to the way I, I end up uh, doing my business, to the way I, and all, I treat my family, to the way I live my life. I've never read anything in the Bible that didn't turn out to be true. His word is true. His word can be trusted. And let me tell you something. It is the foundation of our hope. And hope is fuel for our faith. Jesus' own life, and this is amazing to me, Jesus' own life, just his very life, his very life fulfilled over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament. In 33 years, Jesus fulfilled over 300 prophecies and promises in the Old Testament. You know what that tells me? It says that what God promises, He will deliver on. Hope is the fuel for our faith. I want to tell you one more thing about hope. Is God uses His people to deliver hope to others. God uses His people to deliver hope to others. You know that city on a hill that uh, Matthew's talking about? When it says that we're going to be a city on a hill. You know that city on a hill? That's you and me. That's us. We're the city on a hill. We're the light of Christ that shines and opens up possibilities. God uses us to be the hands and feet. It's you and it's me. God uses people to deliver hope. Hebrews 6.19 that was read for the Advent says this, 619 says, This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. This hope is an anchor for our souls. When we lost our home in 1999, I was driving, a, uh, I was driving Wendy's car and she... Uh, uh, she, I was, we were at the church and we, we came home. I came home and the house was completely destroyed. And I drove back to the church devastated. And I can't tell you how many times this little simple bumper sticker ministered to me over the years. When I met Wendy, she had a bumper sticker on the back of her car. And it said this verse, Hebrews 6.19. That this hope is an anchor for the soul. An anchor is what keeps down the soul. It, 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 it firms up. It keeps you stable. It keeps you in place. And when that tornado happened, I went back to that church. And the car I got into that night was Wendy's car. And it had that on there. And we continued to have that on there. And it continued to minister to us. It was a bumper sticker. The tornado had destroyed our home. But it didn't destroy our hope. The holiday season. Here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to get your hope up. I am. I'm asking you to get your hope up. Get your hopes up. I'm asking you to be a person of hope. 
and I'm asking you to be the light for other people. I want to tell you something. God was with us 2,000 years ago, and God is with us now. Be a person that whenever there comes a moment of questioning, you always go toward hope. Be that person. And watch how your life will change. The cool thing about this hope that we have is that we know that it's true. And here's the cool thing. You know, sometimes you have, like sometimes there's people that I meet and I really have hope in their personality or their character and they fail me. God's never failed me. And he's not going to fail you either. You can have faith and you can have hope in the fact that he is who he said he is. And he's going to do what he says he'll do. So today I want you to rediscover hope. And be a light for other people. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you, Lord, that you allow us to rediscover hope. Thank you that you allow us to, God, just be people that are messed up, but that have a perfect God. And so, God, as we do open up this this Christmas season, as we open up this Advent season of anticipation of the birth of Christ, as we do that, I pray that you would show yourself strong. I pray that you would show yourself in a, in a way to people that they haven't experienced before. I pray that you would give them a hope and a peace. I pray that you would give them a firm foundation, an anchor of hope that steadies their soul. Lord, I always want to be a person of hope. The world is filled with people that are, that are hopeless. God, let us as believers and followers of your way, let us be people of hope. God, we know that your word is true and we accept that. Do what only you can do, Lord, in the strong and mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's stand up and have a final worship song this morning. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.